What is up guys, it's your host Jalen here again for another podcast, the number one podcast in the world, loving basketball, the great NBA debates with my guest here, Gavin. How's it going? Yeah, he's not really good at fantasy like that, but he's a great sports fan, knows a lot about the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, rugby, any sport out there he knows about. He's the guest for today, and we're about to ask him a few questions. All right, so with the NBA right around the corner, you know, all the great NBA moves during the offseason and stuff, you know, players going from team to team, coaches going from team to team, players getting fired, coaches getting fired, GMs getting fired. Were you satisfied with this offseason? Uh, yeah, I'd say I was satisfied with this offseason. Uh, I'd say it was probably the best offseason in my recollection, probably best one since Carmelo was traded to the Nuggets. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I, the offseason, I really love the offseason this past year. So many moves happened something great to watch this upcoming NBA season it's probably going to be really good with all the offseason moves Mm -hmm. so you said the offseason you enjoyed it It was satisfying to you Mm -hmm. what was your favorite offseason move my favorite offseason move would probably have to be uh, Paul George going to the Thunder what they gave up I think was it was a highway robbery for the Thunder they got rid of a an atrocious contract in Victor Oladipo and got back a superstar to pair with Russell Westbrook. That that would probably be my favorite. That's cool. My favorite offseason move was Melo. Carmelo going from the Knicks to the um, Thunder because I really didn't expect that. You know, like Melo, he's been on the Knicks forever and he's been denying like all these trade clauses and he finally let up and went to the Thunder to join Russell Westbrook and Paul George. It caught me off guard when I seen it. I'm a big Melo fan and I'm glad to see him gone because with the Knicks, he really wasn't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. His career was going down here with the hill with the Knicks. Actually, they just wasn't winning with him, and they had a great team, but he they just couldn't put together wins with him on that roster. So, all right, you said Paul George seeing him leave to go to the Thunder was your favorite offseason move. What was your most shocking offseason move? Um, I think the most shocking uh, offseason move would be Kyrie Irving getting, getting traded to the Celtics, but not because Kyrie Irving got traded but because it was to the Celtics. You know, a trade between the Cavs and the Celtics, who were both in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, you, you really don't see that in any sport, um, much less with a super, well, multiple superstars being moved. So I think that was probably the most shocking for me. Yeah, I agree with you. That was also my favorite, I mean, my most shocking offseason move, seeing Kyrie go. I'm a big Kyrie fan, and when he put in the notice to the head coach or the GM that he wanted to leave, that was shocking. And then just to see him up and leave and go to the Celtics, I was even more shocked. Like, the predictions I had of the teams he was going to didn't involve the Celtics at all. I had him possibly going to the Suns, getting traded for Eric Bledsoe and some stars on that team. It just shocked me to see him go to the Celtics. Yeah, that one pretty much came out of left field. So, next question. What new team do you think will do the best this upcoming year out of, like, all the new teams we got I would have to pick the the Thunder. You look at their roster last year as opposed to this year, I think they're going to make the biggest leap over these past two years. I think uh, they're going to be one of the best few teams in the NBA regardless, but I would say they're probably going to be the best new team. Hmm. 
I would beg to disagree. The new team that I have being the best out of all the new teams this year will be the Timberwolves. I really think the Timberwolves are going to do good this year. I think they're like the dark horse. A lot of people don't think they'll be that much better, but I feel like they'll surprise people this upcoming year. They have a lot of depth on their roster now with the addition to Jimmy Butler and then Carl Anthony Towns, who did really good last year. He's still there. And then hopefully if Andrew Wiggins can be good, I feel like their roster is very, very, very competitive this upcoming year. On to the last segment of the podcast, the debate. I said that the Warriors this year won't be dethroned, that they're going to win the finals again and possibly again and again and again for like the next eight years because the roster is really good. But my fellow guest here who's trash at fantasy says that the Warriors will be dethroned. So, Gavin... Who do you think would dethrone the Warriors this year? Um, I would I would say ultimately it's going to be either the Thunder or the Cavs. The Cavs are not dethroning the Warriors because the Cavs probably won't even make it to the finals this year with the Celtics and their new roster. I feel like the Celtics are going to beat the Cavs in the Eastern NBA finals. Well, you look at the Cavs team this year and they got Isaiah Thomas, who a lot of people say is basically a wash for Kyrie. Either. Nah, They're... Isaiah Thomas won't be back until <laughs> till the playoffs. You, you dick. Nah. Yeah, to the playoffs. He'll be in the playoffs. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas won't be back until January, so he's like going to be a non-factor come playoff time because he's going to have to work his because way. Because that up. makes no sense. Because he'll be playing in the playoffs, so they they have Kyrie. Uh, they move Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, which is basically a wash. Then they get Jay Crowder, who is going to be better than any defensive player they had on the roster last year, automatically. Then they also got. Derrick Rose for the bench, who's going to be almost as good, if not better, than any bench player they had last year. I'd have to disagree with you there, sir. Derrick Rose, I just watched his um his highlights for the preseason, and Derrick Rose is looking like the same. There's been one preseason game. Yeah, no, that okay, so one then preseason that's irrelevant. game. Derrick Rose did not look like Derrick Rose. He got okay. dreads now. He looked like a whole complete new person. So that has nothing to do with anything. Just because he looks different doesn't mean he's not going to be good. Then they got Dwayne Wade, who averaged 23.3 points per game last year. Dwayne Wade averaged 23.3 points on a team. Without LeBron James. Trash. Without LeBron James. Put Dwayne Wade on a team with other superstars. Dwayne Wade is now considered a role player. He probably won't even start this year. It's possible, but the chemistry that he has with LeBron James will bring out the very best in Dwayne Wade. And he's been shooting threes at a better clip than he has in almost his whole career. The chemistry of Dwayne Wade and LeBron is only good when they're winning. As we saw... Which the Cavaliers do a lot. As we saw with the Heat, the year Dwayne Wade and LeBron lost, LeBron left, which meant their chemistry wasn't all that. To go home, not because of Dwayne Wade. LeBron left because he knew he wouldn't beat the Spurs. I think that either the Thunder or the Cavs could beat the Warriors because this year in the Western Conference, there's going to be more better teams than I maybe ever before. There's going to be more competitive teams than any year in history. I got to correct With, you there. Why? You said there's going to be more better teams. If we take a grammar lesson, more better is not grammatically correct it's more teams that are better but all right back to what you're saying (laughs) well i should i shouldn't even do this you got it um 
you derailed my train of thought. There are going to be more competitive teams in the Western Conference this year than than in any year prior, and I think that will will ultimately wear down the Warriors and expose some some flaws that wouldn't necessarily be exposed if they didn't have as much competition to go up against. I mean, you look at who they'd be playing in the first round. They could possibly play the Jazz, who were the fifth seed last year. They could play the Nuggets, who are an up-and-coming team full of young players. They could play the Pelicans, who have the two best big men in the league. They could play... Uh, With the West getting better, I don't see the Pelicans doing any better. Because actually, many people thought that the trade of DeMarcus Cousins made the Pelicans better. But... After that trade, the record actually degraded or downgraded from before they had them. So unless the Pelicans can do something good to actually get to the playoffs, I don't see the Warriors facing them. Okay, so then you can disregard the Pelicans. That's okay. They could also face the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers and the Jazz, two teams you just named. Who who both made the playoffs last year. Both got swept by the Warriors last year. Both did get swept by the Warriors last year, yes. But both teams also are... Are, well, the Jazz specifically are young and, and they're improving. And the Trailblazers actually didn't have uh, one of their key players in that series. He went out with a broken leg, Yusuf Nurkic. When he was on their tr- team, he got traded to the, the Trailblazers at the trade deadline. I think they were something like 23-10 and 10 until he broke his leg, so they didn't have him. They're going to have him back. And if their record shows that, that they are that good with him on the team, then they could be, they could pose a... And it's not that they, it's not that necessarily the Trailblazers would beat the Warriors. I'm not saying that, but you see, you know, you see they could get two wins and push the Warriors to six games. And then they go to the next series and they play like the Timberwolves or the Rockets and they push it to six again. And then you you play the Thunder, who by that point could push it to seven. And then you have all those games under your belt and then have to go play a fresh Cavaliers team who really the only competition they played was the Celtics. And LeBron James is going to be absolutely fired up for that series because of the Kyrie Irving trade. So I don't believe like that that's going to be a very big issue for them. So I think they'll they'll roll through that one and then they'll basically be 12 and 1 or 12 and 2 heading into the finals while the Warriors have, you know, are 12 and 6, 12 and 7 possibly. Warriors, Jazz, I remember you stated that. Jazz, if anything, I don't even see them making the playoffs this year. Well, they were the fifth seed last year. They were the fifth seed with Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward was a big piece of that team. True. He's gone, so True. if anything, I see them dropping down a lot with how great the West is becoming. Also, the only competition I see for the Warriors in the West right now is the Thunder. But I haven't even seen the Thunder work with their new team. For all we know, the Thunder could be a bust just like the Lakers were when they gained Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. So I would love to see how they play first before I just rule off that the Thunder could make competition with the Warriors and then same thing with the Rockets they just added Chris Paul I don't feel like the Rockets are much competition for the Warriors Cavs I see the Cavs Celtics series going to game seven and I feel like that's going to tire out LeBron we seen LeBron last year in the finals and he was very tired but the thing about LeBron being tired in the finals he was averaging nearly 43 minutes per game I think it it may have even been more than that and he's not going to have to do that now that he has Jay Crowder Dwayne Wade Derrick Rose all coming off the bench, all being able to give him a rest and ultimately just give him some more stamina by the time it hits the finals. True, 
But the thing about the Cavs is everybody on the Cavs, other than like the normal five that was on the Cavs two years ago, are a bunch of losers. None of these guys have ever won anything. So like they don't know how to win. It's basically got a Dwayne bench. Wade has won two NBA three NBA championships. Derrick Rose went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And lost. And lost to LeBron James, but now he's on LeBron James' team. That was the young Derrick Rose that was good. Okay, so then Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder both were in the, the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And lost. Yes, and lost. You're naming a bunch of people who lost. You know, you know this this might be the best. Not starting five, but supporting cast that LeBron James has ever had. That I disagree with. Why do you disagree? Name, name one that's better. I feel like the Heat, when they had Ray Allen, Mario Chalmers, when he was good at the times, Norris Cole coming off the bench, Mike Miller, who was a very, very good three-point shooter. Kyle Korver's time. better. Kyle Korver was the better shooter than Ray Allen. Yes. Oh, uh, well, not. Okay. Yeah. And then, I'm not sure. Did Shane Battier start or Udonis Haslam? Either way, that both of them were good at the time, so whoever didn't start came off the bench who was good, and I believe... But, but so then, okay, so then look at this Cav Cavaliers uh, supporting cast. Derrick Rose, Jay Crowder, they don't necessarily have a three, but they have J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, Tristan Thompson. All those guys are coming off the bench. All those guys could be starting elsewhere. Maybe Amon Shumpert, I don't, he's not very good, but those four guys, they could be starting elsewhere, and they're on the bench for the Cavaliers. I hear you. But I still feel like the Warriors is just a, a super stacked team. Like, the Warriors' five of starting five alone is better than the Cavs' five plus their bench. You got KD coming off a of finals MVP, very hungry for another ring. We've seen how, how he compared against LeBron last year. LeBron was the only player on the Cavs that could guard. KD. Jay Crowder, I don't feel like Jay Crowder can possibly guard KD at all. Jay Crowder's a great what? defender. Jay Crowder's a 2-3. But yeah, Jay Crowder, he's a great defender, but he, he can't guard KD. So when LeBron's out of the game, they still got a mismatch there of who's guarding KD. And then you got Steph Curry versus the point guard position. Whoever's Playing. We got Isaiah Thomas. He should be. He will be back by then. Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. Many people say that was a wash. It's basically the same players. No, I don't feel like that at all. Isaiah Thomas compared to Kyrie Irving is very, very worse in my opinion. He's a very, very worse. You say he averaged 29.9 points and, and seven point something assists last year, but he's very worse. They averaged the same numbers. I they did you. not average the same numbers. They averaged they, about the no, same. No, they did not. Okay, all right. All right. I, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas averaged significantly better numbers. Yeah. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas averaged more numbers than Kyrie because Isaiah Thomas played on a team where he was the focal point of the team. Put Isaiah Thomas in Kyrie's spot this year, Isaiah Thomas' numbers probably will be the exact same as Kyrie Irving's, if but, not but worse. Isaiah Thomas was able to do it, yes, without anyone around. But that means they were the other, the opposing team defense was was able to zone in and and just you know pinpoint their defense <coughs> on Isaiah Thomas, and he still worked through it. And then Isaiah Thomas is a, a a factor in defense. Yes, he is a defensive liability. That is. That I is don't for see Isaiah Thomas shutting down Steph Curry at all. I don't see that happening whatsoever. Did, did Kyrie Irving ever shut down? Steph Curry? I feel like Kyrie Irving put more of a factor on Steph Curry than Isaiah Thomas would possibly put on Steph Curry. Steph Curry compared to Isaiah Thomas, that's like a, a complete mismatch. Okay. And then we got, if we want to switch the roles up, Clay Thomas guarding Isaiah Thomas, I feel like Clay Thomas can lock down Isaiah Thomas. 
Hold up, they got the same name. Clay Thomas, Isaiah Thomas. Wow. <laughs> but nah, anyway, I feel like Clay Thomas no. guarding Isaiah Thomas. Clay Thompson. Oh, there we go. I got him. So Clay Thompson guarding Isaiah Thomas. Their names are very similar. I feel like Clay Thompson could lock down Isaiah Thomas because Clay Thompson is a very, very good defender. People, a lot of people sleep on his defensive skills, but I feel like he can lock down Isaiah Thomas. So we got Steph Curry guarding Dwayne Wade or J.R. Smith. Okay, Steph Curry, he's not the best defender. People overhype his defense ability sometimes by saying he's complete trash, but Steph Curry's decent, and I feel like Dwayne Wade or J.R. Smith is not about to drop like 30 points on Steph Curry. What about Derrick Rose? Same. The combination of those three going against Steph Curry, you don't think that would eventually get to him? Who, Derrick Rose? Who? Else? Dwayne Wade and J.R. Smith. No, because I feel like then you switch it up. You, you know Derrick Rose is more of a, a power scorer than Dwayne Wade, so have Klay Thompson guard Derrick Rose and put Steph on Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's not dropping no 30 points on Steph Curry. He's not. No. Dwayne Wade is pretty old. He's not dropping no 30 points on Steph Curry. He can still slash, though. Yeah, he can slash, but I don't see it being that much of a factor where it's a mismatch where if if Steph Curry guards Dwayne Wade, the Cavs are going to win. It's not that big of a factor. But you keep forgetting about LeBron James, who historically has dominated the Warriors. True. But if we compare LeBron James' stats last year with the team trash who didn't play... He, LeBron James made Matthew Delvadova look like a star against the Warriors. What do you think he could do with, with Dwayne Wade? My thing is, last year, LeBron, he his numbers were out the roof because his teammates weren't playing good, so he had to take authority. His, but His numbers were, were nearly better in the year before. No, nah, the year before, I don't believe he averaged a triple-double. The Warriors, with that roster they got, and they added some people to the roster, we got Nick Young. Nick Young. Is Swaggy P is, is the deciding factor? <laughs> Swaggy P. Swaggy P is... A great three-point shooter. People don't know it, but he's a very, very great three-point shooter. His real three-point percentage last year was the number one in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So. But now, now he's not on the Lakers. He doesn't get to shoot the ball whenever he wants. If we look at it, it's true three-point percentage. So that's me. The real like net and grid three-point shooting is percentage high so with him on the Warriors you got Steph Curry uh, as a bat no if we think about the backup lineup or whatever Nick Young is out there only thing he needs to do is spot up so if somebody can else can cause a distraction or cause players to get on them and Nick Young is open knock down three that's another three-point shooter that the Cavs have to worry about right there Alright guys, that's the whistle that tells us that time is up. We couldn't come to a conclusion. We still stand on our side, so we're just going to agree to disagree. I still think the Warriors are not going to be dethroned this year. They're going to win it all. He doesn't think so. He thinks the Cavs are going to beat them. I don't know. What do you all think? Who do you all think is going to win this year? Do you all think it's going to be the Warriors, the Cavs, another team, the Thunder, the Rockets? We don't know. Like I said, it's going to wrap up the podcast. Love and basketball, the great NBA debates. See you all next week for another juicy debate this is your host Jalen signing off deuces